and welcome to this week's episode of Everybody Fits podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Kim. And today we have the lovely Rebecca from Endeavour Consultancy with us. Hi, Rebecca. Hey. And you said I need to introduce myself and my mind went blank. Like, who am I? What do I do? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> Where am I? Um, so, yeah. So I'm Rebecca Bryce, CEO and founder of Endeavour Consultancy. Um, we have our own podcast called Endeavour Consultancy Unmuted to basically challenge everyone to start having conversations about absolutely everything. Um, so we can take away some of the fear and just help and empower other people. And so I'm really excited to be with Kim and Amy today to kind of be a guest. And I like to say do less talking, but for everyone who knows me, it's probably not true because I'm not a woman of few words. So thank you so much for having me, ladies. I'm really excited to get into um, our conversation today. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah. yeah how how did endeavor consultancy come about then because it's it's a very unique thing really isn't it uh so where do I start how do I do this in a most concise manner possible um so I work uh, for a finance company I work in IT um so I have a nice salary a comfortable life um and then just before COVID my father passed away who had worked in IT as well and so I've always grown up with privileged background um always been really bad with money and when my dad died I was like do I really want to have money but be miserable like this isn't fulfilling me um and I've got a broken back and I've had lots of health issues um and I've gone and seen some interesting individuals and some really great ones and I just thought how do you find these people and I thought I spent about I don't know 20,000 but I'd spent over 40,000 pounds getting private physios chiropractors doctors blood tests blah 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 and so I started Endeavour Consultancy as like a well-being network to start connecting people um and then the podcast grew from there really because I realized my talent is just talking (laughs) um and the fact that I don't mind talking about anything so just started networking and yeah building a business out of that really I love that I I I think it's so amazing for just talk to someone who's such an open book and then it just it helps so many people because there's so many things that are very taboo and we don't really talk about um and one of the things that um you spoke about I mean, I'm just going to get straight into it, really. <laughs> um, when we've we've because I've been a podcast um, a guest on on your podcast a few mm-hmm. times. Um, one of the things that you spoke about was was your relationship with money and how it aligned with the relationship that you had with yourself. And I think that talking about that at the moment could be really, really helpful, especially with the cost of living crisis and coming up towards Christmas. And there's so much pressure, you know, to 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 be something or someone. So, yeah, tell us a bit about that. Um, well, I'd like to, I guess, caveat say that I'm still on my well-being journey so I guess as we record now this is like a snippet of my progress to date so I guess a realization that I've had and I'll trigger warning to say that I'm going to be talking about eating disorders self-harming debt 
I think I've covered off everything there. Um, so as a teenager, I struggled with mild depression. At the time, obviously being a teenager, didn't feel mild, but with hindsight, my old age, mild depression, which linked into um, disordered eating and self-harm. And for years when I was doing youth mentoring, people would say, well, how do you describe self-harm? And I was like, when you can't describe a feeling, it just releases that negative feeling. So when you stub your toe, going, oh darn doesn't help as much as fuck that really hurt and it's not because you're not articulate and you can't turn around and go my toe really hurt like you know it's just the feeling and emotion that's attached to it so that's kind of how I try and articulate self-harm and for me I thought once I stopped cutting my arms and stuff as a teenager I would love to say there was a magic cure I kind of grew out of it I thought but actually what happened is I turned 18 I turned 18 after we'd recovered from a recession 18th birthday July got my first credit card I must have had five credit cards by the following January summer after that I had my first consolidation loan and then when you track my weight I'd gone from eight stone to nine stone and suddenly when you kind of almost put it as like a table is that I'd get more and more debt every January do some kind of consolidation loan yes I have worked in finance since the age of 18 as well so I should know better um but it was this kind of then it's self-abuse it's again it's self-harm um and then I feel shitty so I'd buy things to make myself feel better expensive makeup to make my skin better because I wasn't drinking enough water or getting the right nutrition um then I would spend hundreds of thousand pounds on every fad diet known to man would lose a bit of weight buy new clothes be like yay celebrate that I've lost weight obviously put all the weight back on because I've not done any of the inside work I've just basically lost water then buy more clothes then buy a car like and it's just this cycle um so I've cleared off 86,000 pounds to date I went into an IVA this year for 60,000 64,000 um because I suddenly got into a place where I was confident and ready to go through that process and I'm so excited to really get into my fitness journey now and really focus on getting to the gym but I guess in my little summary there I'm trying to say that it's taken me 36 years to get my fat bottom not because I'm being negative my bottom is fat I'm overweight um and it's not to trigger people I'm overweight because I've abused myself for years through food and booze and neglected myself because I didn't think that I was worthy and I've now done the inside work to realise that I am worthy and no amount of skincare or fad diets is going to impact my worth. I'm not wearing makeup today. My skin is lush. So I'm drinking loads of water. I've been speaking to Ella and doing like intuitive eating and I hate cardio. Fucking hate it. And so then I've started looking into like gym workouts as in like weights. Um, I know how to use a Smith machine now at the gym. So I'm loving doing weights and really building my core strength to support my back ready for back surgery. So it sounds like I'm winning and it's all really positive and it is, but it wasn't like I woke up yesterday and was like, right, I'm gonna be motivated. It has taken years. And unfortunately in the last two years, the really annoying thing is that I've realized that I'm my own worst enemy and consistency really is the key. And that's so annoying because I've spent what over 140,000 pounds to really, if I'd just gone to counseling and got a coach and worked on my shit, actually I wouldn't have been 140,000 pounds in debt and I would have unpicked all of that shit, but it wouldn't have been so fun. I've made loads of memories. I've learned loads of stuff. So all positive so that was a 
smallest synopsis I could do. <laughs> what for the people that don't know, um, can you explain what exactly an IVA is? Oh yeah, sorry. I was like, I was gonna be really careful not to go into lingo. So um, there are loads of, if you have debt, there are loads of debt advice online. Citizens Advice Bureau is free. If anyone's going to charge you for debt advice, please re-Google. Like there are companies that do it, but you can go on sliding doors um, and you can see all of their reviews. Um, and they should never get angry or peer pressure you in to make any decision. So yeah, if you're unsure, Citizens Advice is free and then they can point you into um, different debt organisations. So a bankruptcy is basically you have no assets. So you turn around and say you can't afford the debt. You don't own a house, car and finance or anything. Um, and you'd like to have your debt written off. Uh, so then if the court agree, they can write your debt off to a certain figure. They'll either write the whole debt off or they'll put you in a debt repayment plan through a county court order. Um, and then you'll pay a certain amount like you say, like 10p in the pound for every debt, so you'll back, pay back 10% of your, your debt potentially. So that'll all be done through the court. You're then bankrupt for 12 months. And then after that, for five years, the bankruptcy stays on your credit file. You cannot get any new credit out. Um, this infects employment as well. You wouldn't be able to work for a bank and quite a few other institutions. An IVA is the option that I went for because I could afford to pay back the debt, just not all of it. So I pay back a fixed sum to an IVA company. Then they basically pay dividends each year out to my creditors. So I'm paying back 60 something percent of my debt. Um, and then you basically all of your creditors have to agree to that. So they agree they're going to wipe off some of my debt. I'll pay back 62 percent or whatever it is. The company take a fee each year and then I'm in that for five years. So for the next five years, I will make a monthly payment every year. I have to sit and go through an interview and check my finances haven't changed. And if I earn 13 percent more than my salary that when I went into the IVA, all of that goes into the IVA. Um. And that stays on my credit card file for five years, affects me strongly for two and then remains for three. You can pay off the IVA earlier. Um, but yeah, that's kind of basically the difference. If I better to go into an IVA if you have assets um, or high purchase, if you don't have any assets or high purchase, then mm. it's probably better to go bankrupt. In my limited knowledge, please seek guidance. Yeah. I think that's so interesting because I think so many things, like assumptions we have, when we're younger just filter into our adult lives when you were saying there about you know the self-harm and and you'll just stop doing it when you hit a certain age but actually you turn it into something else and I always remember being younger and when I was so I, I was in a fatter body and I looked at my sisters and my sisters were always in slim bodies and I'd, I would assume that eventually I'll just look like them and eventually it'll change and eventually this diet will work so then I'll look like them or the next one will work or the next one will work and when it doesn't I'll buy something to make myself feel better but then I, I actually it doesn't make me feel better so I'll buy something else or I'll, I'll buy some more food so I'll feed myself again so it's and that will make me feel like and it is it is interesting how it all even though it's it's food or it's it's something like physical that you buy it's it does all link into money and it's it's interesting that now you're saying that I know someone who suffers with agoraphobia um and in the very early stages 
racked up a lot of debt because to make themselves feel better, they would buy a lot of new clothes. So they'd have store cards. And, and, and the irony was they weren't going out, but if they dressed up to look great, then they, they could tell themselves that they felt great, but then they weren't going anywhere. So it, it is that, it's like a constant cycle, isn't it? Most of us know it now that the way that the marketing works, especially with you know the diet industry and the beauty industry is that it intentionally makes you feel like shit. Like it intentionally makes you feel like you're not good enough in the body that you are, the skin that you are, whatever. And if, you know, and, and they do that because if you felt okay about yourself, if you if you felt accepting of yourself, um, then you wouldn't need, you wouldn't feel the need to buy all these products. And they, they know exactly what they're doing. Um, and, and I think that, you know, people that don't feel good enough are the you know the, the worst the worst cult um diet cultures victims really and it's not just diet cultures there's a whole we well wellness quote unquote wellness industry um you know the bad side of it um so yeah it's and I think it's unpacking and I think that's why I like this podcast and you know other people that are in our network that's why it's important and I think what you've been showing um on social media recently by going actually you know I'm feeling this way right now I think it's really important because what we need to discuss and what I've learned from my first podcast that went out with Natalie about coming out as dyslexic I'm so comfortable about being dyslexic now, so comfortable. Um, and at the end of the podcast, Natalie was like, we're both obviously through all metrics, you know, financial confidence, whatever, whatever. You can say that we're successful, um, but we don't want people to be disheartened who are at the beginning of their journey. And I think that that's kind of what I, I want us to to share is that your journey is a journey and when it ends you're dead so until then you've got lots of lots of time and hopefully lots of time um to learn and progress and change and so I think it's really trying to be kind and enjoy your journey and even if you're in a shitty part of your journey to take a deep breath and realize that not everybody has the privilege that you do to be in that shitty place because you're going to learn something and I know that's so hard and it sounds so arrogant but I promise I have been in rock bottom shitty places myself and like now I'm just enjoying the buzz of being happy I am sure life has got a nice disgusting thing coming up for me soon as it always does um or three of them as things happen in threes um but it's just trying to enjoy it and really learn to love yourself which is so hard and some days I don't some days I look at myself and I'm like my gut's hanging over here and I've got one boob as one kid than the other I swear they're just falling out going different directions now um <laughs> But for me, it's like, yeah, it's just taking a deep breath and going, but that doesn't reflect who I am. Like my magic, my personality has got nothing to do with this. And my fitness journey for me is I'm really focusing on the fitness element. So I'm weighing each month just so that I can see that I'm losing weight because I need to lose a lot of weight around my gut. I'm about, I think probably six stone overweight by any metric we won't discuss, but I don't necessarily believe in those metrics. But um, I'm definitely, you know, holding a lot of belly fat from wine drinking I mean a fuck ton of wine and anyone who knows me know that it is a fuck ton because me and my social group measuring bottles and when someone says oh you know I've had a heavy weekend I had two glasses of wine I'm like babe you don't know 
<laughs> we measure in bottles you skipped glasses um and so then again it's learning that behavior so I've stopped smoking I don't drink wine at home now and you know if I can't then keep within a healthy realm of drinking then I'll go teetotal that's something it's my next bit of my journey that I will need to work on um but again it's you know peaks and troughs and for me having a coach and having been part of a mastermind and having that support so I can say you know today I just want to sit in my underpants and cry because I can't get my CRM tool to work or my mic's broken on my podcast again or I'm stressing because I'm not going to make all my bills and I always pay all my bills I don't know why I get halfway through the month and I always have this like mental breakdown going oh my god look at my bank account I haven't got any money in it all my bills are paid I have got money in it I don't know what this like fear of not having enough and it's not a figure it's just payday. I'm like, yay, I'm rich. And then like through the month, I get sadder and sadder and sadder as it goes back towards zero. Yeah, it's it's really interesting as well when you were talking um, earlier about relating spending to self-harm. Um, mm. And that's really, I've never heard it, you know, that, that association before, but it's true because, you know, we're all, you know, intelligent people. We know what, you know, interest rates and we we know, and especially you with the fact that, you know, with, with your, your history um, of work, you know what it's going to do. And it's that, that feeling of like, right, that I suppose that release of like, wow, well, okay, I'm going to spend this and I'm going to get this. And it's going to make me feel happy really in a in a short time and then you've got the guilt but then you get so deep in it it is so difficult to get out it's amazing that you managed to get rid of so much of the debt before you went into the IVA as well it's um yeah yeah I mean I could have brought a house uh, probably not where I live to be fair but I could have brought I could have put a sizable deposit and I think again it is you get trapped into that and again why to me finding out it was my self-worth was like a massive shock but then also not a massive shock you know when you know the end of a film because you've seen it a million times but you know and I was just kind of like mm, because yeah I'd be like oh like my I hate not having nerve symptoms which I don't have at the moment because I'm dealing with this issue um I shouldn't need nail extensions and they get in my way they break off I'm trying to train my dog that's like seriously crazy and I'm trying to really get into baking because I'm a really good cook but I'm shit at baking so I'm I'm learning and having nail extensions is just minging like because I just think they're on for six months and it just freaks me out a bit um but before that I'd be like oh I'll just go and get my nails done like I deserve it like I work really hard no, you had a budget, you've had your nails done, you've pulled them off or you've pulled your eyelashes off or whatever, whatever. You don't get to have them again. But for me, it was just not having those financial boundaries. And I'm a people pleasing person. Like I've had major boundary issues, which I've known about. And then I've been working on and was like, yay. And again, it's that celebration of like, yes, I've unpicked something. I've done my shadow work. I'm like, right, yes, sorted out my people boundaries. No is a complete sentence brilliant but then why have I just gone out to Tesco's and brought my food shop and then brought a bottle of champagne just because it's a Friday why why have, why have I done that like a normal person wouldn't go and do that I'm not celebrating anything other than the fact it's Friday um and again for my salary people be like oh yeah you can get that gift and I'm like yeah but Thursday I got myself a pizza because I was feeling miserable so that's like 40 quid at Pizza Hut or wherever and I got myself a bottle of champagne because it's Friday and I'm, like you can justify it mm. 
but fundamentally I overspent don't get me wrong was obviously interest on that but I overspent by over a hundred grand in over a decade like Mm. what was it that made you what what was there like a particular point where you were like right no this needs to stop or did it did it get you know how how did you kind of stop you know spending and uh, you know with the, with the credit cards and things uh, so I joined um Rachel Minnie's mastermind journey to 100k um and basically started in this really safe container like looking at stuff so you have a group coaching and then like one-to-one coaching um and basically just started unpicking all of the daddy issues started unpicking the fact that my job was like my justification for living and I always needed to add so much more value into my relationships because I didn't think I was worthy basically and by doing that means that I take my friends out for lunch all the time or I would do all the I just kept breaking all of these boundaries and when I realized and started doing that work and realizing that people want to be friends with me because I am fabulous um and funny uh not because I buy all the cocktails and actually then when someone says do you want to go out for dinner I'm like, I can't because I'm over my budget. Like I've spent my budget for this month. Sorry, can we plan in for next month? Or you can come over here and I can cook something. But it's just starting having those conversations. And like, it's taken me two years to get to that point. And the scary thing I think for me was, is that because my salary... Um, and I moved back in with my mum after my dad died to like help her out with her bills and stuff. Like people would lend me more money. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like I now owe 60,000 pounds. I'm paying like 2,000 pounds a month in debt repayments. Like this is stressing me out. And people would still lend me more money. And I'm like, they're never going to stop lending me money because I always pay. Like I didn't have bad credit. I always made my payments. Even if I was then living off a credit card and then just the debt was mounting up. So yeah, for me, it's doing that, doing the work and it sounds really bad, but it's just having someone who can be accountable and basically help you through that. And I think it's the same with like your fitness journey, you know, going to a gym can be really scary. Um, and I didn't want to go as a gym in a, in a bigger body, um, because I was like, everyone's going to look at me and be like, oh my God, why is that fat cow in the gym? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and so I took my beautiful friend Jodie who'd been going to the gym for ages and she had the opposite thing with me like she was a lean naturally and wanted to be bigger and be stronger so she came with me to um to the gym to show me how to use the gym equipment and once she'd shown me we went to the big scary man weight section um and I went and did like two weeks in the gym was really great then the third week I went and a boob popped out at the gym Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. And luckily there wasn't a lot of people in the gym. And this guy was like smiled, obviously put my boob away. And then afterwards we went on the running machine to like cool down to walk down. And he was just like, so he's like, we've got this awkward thing now. Cause he's like, I don't want to come next to you and seem creepy, but I don't want to go to the other end because I feel like we intimately know each other now. And he was lovely about it. We chatted. I live in a small town, so I'm probably like friends with his wife or something on Facebook. Um, and I just thought, you know what? Like nothing really happened, did it? Like no one really cares. 
Um, I just don't recommend that sports bar brand. Um, <laughs> and I just, and I just thought, what was I ever scared of? And so I now go to the gym and I go in the weight section. And I just think my very long waffly story, I suppose, is to say that no matter how confident somebody looks and how fabulous they look, they were probably just as nervous or anxious about something else compared to you so just focus on your own journey and whether you want to go to the gym and get uh, uh, somebody who can help you with that if you need money support just go and find somebody who can help you through your shit and if you're not doing something it's because something is holding you back and you just need to um undo that and that can be really really scary and I went into it thinking it's gonna be all my daddy issues blah 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 um and then actually it wasn't all my daddy issues. I can blame some of it on my parents, but fundamentally it was just things that had happened to me in my life had traumatized me and, and I hadn't realized and didn't have the tools to, to deal with them. And now I do waiting for the next trauma that I'm going to um, unpick. Who knows what that is. <laughs> when you were, um, when you were in, in debt and spending so much, were you quite secretive about it? Like the people around you knew, like, no, how much debt that you were in no so my partner my, my current partner um did um my ex was in a relationship with me when I was in in debt um and I remember getting I laugh now I shouldn't laugh but it was like four thousand pounds or something that I was really stressed about when you think about it now in the scheme of things not really an issue um so I sold my car to clear it but I had lied to him that I had obviously got into that debt and we owned a house together at the time um we split up years later nothing to do with my debt just because we didn't like each other anymore um and not sure we liked each other in the beginning which is probably the problem um and so yeah I've always been open and honest um and Dave my current partner he's gone bankrupt so yeah always been honest but again I think because of my salary and the job I have people are like oh well we roughly guess what your income is so if we can afford to go this weekend away then you can but Dave does, isn't employed at the moment. He um, is taking an employment break due to like mental health issues. So I support two people and lots of pets. Um, and I think the people are just, you know, that if we haven't got kids and stuff, they're used to having large disposable income where I don't. And I'm still paying my IVA as well. Um, so I think it's kind of yeah with my close friends even my sisters and stuff like I never they knew I had debt but they never knew I think to the extent that I had debt because mm. I, I just always mimic and I didn't find it stressful because I was making my payments so until it got to that point where I was looking at it and it was like 60 grand and I'd put like 10,000 pounds on in like a year and then I'm thinking like when is this if I don't stop this the finance company are not going to stop it I need to do something it's always hardest to take your own advice so you can sit there and you can be talking to someone about finance as you would be and um, and knowing that everything that you're saying you should be following those those rules and this advice yourself and then you get frustrated that you're not doing it and and question why and and we've talked about this in relation to um diets and exercise across the podcast that when Kim and I have both had negative relationships with food and exercise and yet we're, we're talking to other people about you know 
food freedom and, and, you know, rest days and the importance and yet not being able to follow those on own rules or guidance or advice ourselves. And I think that's really hard because it's a catch 22 situation because in your head, the angrier you get at yourself for not doing it, the more you don't do it. It's kind of that step for you. So you said you realized it was all linked to your self-confidence and how did you kind of get from it's all related to to daddy issues and and all all of that kind of thing I know you've taught like obviously therapy and things like that but how did you realize that and then how did you start to to change that a lot of crying I'd like to say that there's something else better than that but yeah releasing a lot of emotions um and journaling for me um and not always journaling as in physically writing down a journal but like I started setting myself questions if I was doing something trying to understand what the motivation for it was so I've got dinner planned tonight and then if it gets like four o'clock and I'm like you know what let's just go to McDonald's what like then it's like why now, if it's because I want a McDonald's and I'm going to go and have a fucking cheeseburger, there's nothing wrong with that. We don't have evil food. But if I've got food, I love cooking. I find cooking relaxing. I've brought the ingredients. I've spent the money. I've organized my week. I've done all the planning. So why am I saying fuck it to all of that and going to McDonald's? Now, if it's just because I want a cheeseburger, then that's fine. I'm in a situation I can stick the stuff back in the freezer and that's okay. But if it's because I've had a bad day, it's because Dave and I have had an argument, it's because I'm feeling emotional, I can't decompress from my day without stuffing some fat in my face or having a glass of wine or a cigarette or whatever, then that's an issue. Now, I'm not saying that I'd love to say that that means that I don't have a cheeseburger, smoke or drink, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I can then the next day sit with my journal and go right okay so we went and had the cheeseburger we feel shitty about it let's not feel shitty let's love ourselves take a deep breath it's just a cheeseburger didn't kill anyone now let's get to the root of how we started this conversation like why did we go and get the cheeseburger like what was okay so it was a work stress and see and then kind of and it takes time to just basically be questioning yourself and showing control and it makes me sound like a crazy person I get it but like now it's just part of my life like it's just what I do all the time because I'm not fixed I'm a work in progress um and so I haven't smoked for three months not one cigarette I did get pneumonia so I feel like that was a motivating factor suffocating slowly to death did make me think that smoking was not a good idea um (laughs) but it really struggled and as soon as the pneumonia had gone and I had two glasses of red wine I wanted to go out to the garage and have a cigarette and I had to really sit there and I pulled off my eyelashes I started biting my nail like and I was just like get your shit together woman it kills you it is rat poison and why do you want to do it and I started like really sitting with that and just started kind of meditating and I think smoking sexy now I don't my conscious brain is like don't be stupid my subconscious brain is like breakfast at Tiffany's those long like 1920 cigarette things it means you're sexy you empower you're a bit of a rebel I don't know where that comes from. That's just some insane thing in my head. But I had to sit there and sort of do like word association with it. And that's why I struggled to stop smoking. Because in my heart of hearts, I enjoyed it. I thought it relaxed me. And I thought of all of these positive things. As I started realizing that they were all bullshit and untrue, you can then undo that. Yeah. And now I don't smoke. I had any nicotine replacement. I'm probably a bit more snappy, my partner would say. But yeah, I don't want to smoke. And if I suddenly do want to smoke... 
I sit there and go right okay yeah I think that's amazing I think that once you start understanding your your thoughts and feelings and start unpacking it because a lot of the time habits and things they're sort of uh, they they become automatic they become subconscious so you 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 switch off the conscious it's exactly like you were saying with the smoking and it's a subconscious thing whereas you know if you step back and understand it it opens you up to that self-compassion which then you can then start to realize well I'm not broken if I do this I'm not wrong I'm it's not the end of the world if I have a cheeseburger but let's look at the reason why and I think that's a really empowering thing to do um it's it's not sexy it's not a quick fix that we all we all want to have um but just going back to the um like with the IVA I know that when you have an IVA it stops you from while you're on it taking out any more credit Mm -hmm. so were you at that stage before where you stopped taking out credit or has it just forced you to to not you know to to take control oh no forced me no no I would have sent me a letter now I'd probably still apply um no not at all and for the first few months why I was going through the IVA but then still had access to all the credit cards and everything I had to chop them up into incy wincy little bits um so that I couldn't use them and for the first few months I was then still even in my 30s going oh mum can I borrow like 200 quid to pay a day Mm because I couldn't get to payday um, without spending money. And again, for me, and that's what really brought the booze up. And that's why like everything's just linked. And I guess we're like an ecosystem. And I was just like, I'm spending so much at Tesco's. And I get that the cost of living has has gone up 100%. um, And I'm in a really lucky situation where, yeah, that's like annoying. But then I'm looking at, I'll shop at Tesco's or Aldi rather than Waitrose. I'm not like on the the bread line. Um, And so I want to be really open and honest. But when I'm then sitting at my bills, I'm thinking, I've spent like a thousand pounds at Tesco in a month for like three people. That's like an excessive amount. And when you start then looking at it and you're like, well, yeah, you know, stuff's gone up. And we can say that bread and flour and eggs has gone up, but I ain't buying that many eggs. I've got chickens. Um, and I don't really eat that much bread. So like, let's be realistic. Let's go through it. Oh, okay, well, it's a bottle of vodka and it's like five bottles of Prosecco and a bottle of wine. Oh, okay, well, hang on. So actually I'm spending a hundred quid on booze a week and I'm spending 70 quid on food. Mm. And that for me is then I started doing a budget to the penny so I could then go down and then basically do this thing called money dates. And so I started doing it every day. I'm not saying you have to do it every day. If you're someone that has got a healthy relationship with money, then you probably don't. But for me, I was trying to work out was my unhealthy relationship with booze, with cigarettes, with food, with money, with all of them. Like where was the, the catalyst and trying to unpick the mess that is my inside my brain um and for me I was so shocked and impressed that I managed to stop smoking by doing this thing and I'm like right okay so then I just need to do the same thing with drinking and so again I brought a packet of cigarettes I had them in my handbag and then I just didn't smoke because I was choosing not to and then when I wanted to have a smoke because someone had pissed me off or I was getting wound up about something it's then trying to work out what I can do to un learn that behavior that having that cigarette is going to make me feel better because it isn't actually it's the fact I'm in a smoking heart going this person's a dick but I'm feeling better because I'm getting to exhale 
ever think that I'm feeling negative so that's fine so now I look like a crazy person but I sit in my room and I <laughs> make sure that I've turned my phone off or whatever and I'll sit here just going this person's a fucking knob like I'm getting really annoyed with this idiot blah 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 and I suddenly feel better I don't need the nicotine I just need to say outside out loud something nasty which I don't mean about that person but I just need to be nasty get it out breathe refocus and then do said task and then when I started looking at the receipts and writing down 200 pound at Tesco okay 100 pound on booze 100 pound on food 400 pound at Tesco 250 pounds on like and it's just it was clear that I was spending all this money and actually as soon as I stopped spending that money on wine I didn't have to borrow money anymore so again it's just that I went from self-harming with finance I'd now stopped myself doing that so I went to the next thing on my list that self-harming and that was booze and that's you know and I'm really lucky that I've then caught myself before I'm homeless um doing that kind of stuff but I clearly have that inbuilt self-harm that's kind of the thing that is at the root of all of this that is linked to my self-worth and self-value and I feel so much better about my self-worth and self-value now but so much better I'm assuming in six months time I'll look back and feel even better because I'll be able to really pinpoint where this like self-abuse or self-sabotage is like really coming from yeah it's almost like you've identified your own safety blankets like they were the things that helped you to to feel better um and it's it's really interesting you say that because for me back when um my husband's in finance he's a he's a tax advisor but he's a trained accountant and he's always been the one that takes he takes control of the finances but I buy everything <laughs> so so I do all of the food shopping and like the like everything day to day um and we would be month on month on month going over budget because we had set budgets and we had set amounts to save and we would never save as much as we wanted to and he would I would say I don't understand how we're doing it I don't understand and, and we sat down and what we actually discovered was well, you've gone to Holland and Barrett and you've spent X amount on that that diet, food or that that next wellness thing or that next, you've spent, you know, 50 quid on that homemade protein bar brand. Or you've, and it was it was all these things that I was doing to be healthy and well. And when I was when I was actually really unwell and I would be spending hundreds of pounds a month just just saying, yeah, but it's just food. It's just food. And it was because he's a big drinker and he well I'm saying a big drinker like he's not a big drinker but he would quite happily have like a few Belgian beers on a weekend so when I say a big drinker it's he likes an expensive drink as opposed to a lot of drink and I would be like well that's my that's my equivalent but in reality that's that's not an equivalent me spending 100 200 300 quid on all of these wellness products versus him spending 50 quid on Belgian beer um, and we, he has an app on his phone that tracks our finances now. So literally everything that we buy goes in and we can see what is spent. And especially now in this, this economy, we need to track it. And I always said, if you give me a weekly budget, you just put a set amount in. And he was adamant that I wouldn't stick to it. So I kept saying, well, you need to give me the opportunity to to, to prove you wrong and we now have we've got a monzo card so yeah 
stick, we stick a set amount in each week and actually we've got to a stage where we've got money left over and when we've got money left over that goes into a separate pot and we've got separate savings pots and and it was recognizing that that was that was my thing that was my safety blanket and all of this stuff that I was buying was I mean some of it was horrendous mm. and you you will know this Kim some of the, the diet foods that are out there and and you know people will spend money on on any any low carb of... noodles oh my never God. even seen such a yeah. stupid invention oh. but I think it's just and that's why it all comes back to being kind to yourself and I think that you need to really sit with yourself and it's really difficult it's really difficult I'm not saying it's easy but you need to sit with yourself and you go do I want to be this person and if you don't want to be this person if you want to make changes but what you have to understand and not to scare anybody off the changes is that you will change if you want to change you will change but by you changing means that you might lose friends you might lose relationships because if they don't serve you anymore if those people don't want to be positive they want to go out every weekend drinking or they want to go and do cocaine or they want to smoke or they want to go and have unprotected orgies whatever the negative thing is going to be my friends are not that exciting for any of those things sorry but you know um but if you want any of those extreme things then you will lose some of those people out of your life but then they serve you no longer and it's really tough but when the last couple of years, the random people that I've met online to do with my business have supported me no end and so much more than people who have been like lifelong friends because mm -hmm. they understand that I don't want to be the party animal. I don't want to be the one that can drink four bottles of red wine and still stand up straight. That's not something to be proud of. That showing years of alcohol abuse and that's not positive um and you know smoking and and you know late nights and stuff no I want to go to bed I want to be in bed at nine o'clock with my journal with my face mask on with my water to go to bed and then I'm going to wake up at six o'clock and I'm going to do my stretching and I'm going to do my breath work and I'm going to pretend to meditate because I still can't meditate um <laughs> and then I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do my weight and I'm going to get on with my life and then when everyone's like, oh, I don't know how you can achieve so much, you can do this. And I said, because I love myself and I'm putting myself first, but it's hard. There's been tears. I've fallen out with people. I've lost friends, but I don't regret any of it because this is my life and I only get one. And I don't want to be going, not that I believe in God, but never mind. I don't want to go in St. Peter's gates and going, right oh, well, I'm really sorry. I wish I'd be nicer to that person. I wish I'd spent more money on them or I wish I'd smoked more cigarettes or I wish I'd drank more wine. No. Nobody ever says that, ever. Um, mm. So yeah, I want to be happy. I want to be truly happy. And I feel that I'm on the way to being truly happy. And the next thing for me is to really work on my strength training, to strengthen my core and get ready for back surgery because I'm going to need to have my back fused. And hopefully moving more and eating less crap will mean that I'll lose weight. But that's not my main motivator but I struggle because people are like, oh, you know what, you you know, how are you doing at the gym? And my first thing I want to go is, oh, I like I'm six pounds down. No, don't say that. Mm. Don't say that. That's, that's not your main motivator. And mm. it's catching yourself doing that thing and yeah. going shit, breathe and um, having support. And I think, again, seeing the stuff that you're putting online uh, recently, Kim, I think that that's really supportive and really positive. And I think that we just need to be honest, have that person you can send voice notes to. Start the voice note going, you know, I don't need help. I just need to scream at you. This is my voice note. Offload bullshit or ask for help. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we, we are that. Yeah, we are that. <laughs> that are with him. Like yeah. every now and again, I'll just I'll be pressing play on my phone and my husband will walk past and he'll be like, is that voice not still going? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we're, just, we're just having a day. We're having a day because I totally agree. You do need that person. Yeah, yeah. But you can just say anything too that's not going to judge and just be like, you know, um, touching back on the, the Monzo thing. Oh, this isn't an ad. It's not sponsored. But um, like for me, um, I've got ADHD and part of that is you're very impulsive. You're very like, right, okay. And all my um, life, it was like this thing with payday as soon as or as soon as any money gets into my account I'm like what I have to do something with that I have to do that something that money needs to go somewhere and it's that that impulsiveness and it's like with with Monzo I sound like I'm doing an ad it's really it's really really great because like for me and my the way that I am and the way, the way that my brain works you do have different pots and you can mm-hmm. and you can put them in different pots and so I'm like right now well I've done something with that that's spoken for that money so it wasn't and so then I've I've, I've and I think it's take it took me a long time to understand that about myself um, and I'm still learning like so much about you know ADHD and um and how that relates to my my relationship with food um and that sometimes you know like intuitive eating isn't gonna help me as much as what I I I thought because it's my brain is not neurotypical like it's not and um so it's it is just getting that deep understanding of knowing like right okay I used to I used to have a really terrible relationship with money as well that's why I was so keen to talk to you because it did very, very much align with my relationship towards um, myself. And um, it, yeah, it's, it's understanding and knowing that like, I'm not a failure, I'm not wrong. I'm not broken because I've, I've spent that money um, or I need to spend that money. It's, it's you know, and you've got to take some responsibility. You can't just say, oh, it's not, it's not my fault. It's how my brain works. Like you've obviously got, there is some level of, you know, personal responsibility, but then it's also not as much personal responsibility. And then going, I suppose, relating that back to what, you know, Amy and I do as well and health and, and how it's, it's marketed as weight, for example, is a hundred percent personal responsibility and you're fat because you're lazy and you don't move. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not as simple as that. It's not, you know, there, there's so many different factors to consider. Um, so yeah, I went off on a tangent there, but basically Monzo's cool. <laughs> no, Monzo. Monzo, um, <laughs> no, Monzo is cool. Um, and I had a Monzo account until going to my IVA and you can't stay with the bank that you owe money to. So I had to um... open a, a, new, a new bank. So I have lost Monzo. And I don't feel they're ever going to have me back. But all of my friends are on Monzo because I plugged Monzo. I think Monzo is a great bank, um, great banking app. And I'm very sorry, Monzo, that I owed you money. Um, <laughs> but I think... And I think it's, and it comes back to those words. And I think that we all need to talk to ourselves like you would talk to your best friend, not talk to yourself. There's nothing wrong with failure. Failure isn't a bad thing. Now, and I'm not, I see a lot of stuff, especially with the oil protests at the minute. Um, I'm definitely, I don't have any children and there's a good reason I don't have children. So I'll probably be an awful parent, but I don't think that we should not be disciplining our children. I think everyone goes a little bit loopy. I'm not saying that 
start giving in my personal opinion medals to things that you know if you're not winning the race but failure isn't the same thing as congratulating failure I'm saying is to take a deep breath and be like right I have failed at doing a thousand press-ups or saving a thousand pounds or drinking two liters whatever the failure is and sit with it and enjoy that failure go right okay fucked it did anyone die? No. Sorry if you're a brain surgeon, you killed someone. Probably need this doesn't apply to you. But for the rest of us normal people, nobody died. Nothing massively bad happened. You didn't choke on your cheeseburger. You drank too much wine, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then learn from it and move on. I think the trouble is, is that, you know, I am a fat person. I'm in a bigger body. Whatever word doesn't trigger upset people. I'm fat doesn't mean that I'm not beautiful doesn't mean that I'm not funny doesn't mean that I'm not worthy doesn't mean that I'm not sexy I'm probably more sexy and probably enjoy sex more now in a bigger body than I did in a skinnier body because I'm older more confident I've had a lot more sex I know what I want um but when I was really skinny and thin um I was so miserable and unhappy so then it's kind of again it's that internal work and my outside body just reflects the abuse that I've given it for over a decade and to be honest I'm quite lucky that all the organs are still ticking over um I'm very sorry body but again it's just sitting there and going do you know what I did it I you know take responsibility I did those things for lots of factors that I didn't understand doesn't make me a bad person so I think it's just positive self-talk it's having those positive conversations it's crying it's having those angry moments and it's having a support network having your tribe of people mm -hmm. is so important and I wish I could put my hands on my heart and say the person or people that you think are your support unfortunately may not be on the next part of your journey and that's it reason season or a lifetime just mourn that relationship and move on because it's the bigger and better things yeah that's that's summed everything up really <laughs> well oh Rebecca it's been absolutely fascinating having you on and thank you for being just who you are and being so open and honest and giving other people the opportunity to both learn from you and feel seen because I think that's the most important thing as you said it's it's so important to be honest and giving people that opportunity to know that they're not alone and have the platform where they can speak to you or they can even just hear you and, and feel like they've got somewhere to go or they can get that advice I think it's huge so thank you so much for doing what you do no thank you so much for having me on and I think like I kept it as concise as I think I'm humanly possible <laughs> but yeah I would love to come back on and talk about any other topic that you lovely ladies would like to talk about and I just think it's really important that we use our, our circle of influence to try and make the world a better place one person at a time exactly uh I, I always love talking to you honestly like we've not actually physically met in person but I feel like we have like every time literally five minutes into when um before we pressed record you should have heard the people that are listening now the, the conversation that I was having with Rebecca literally within like a minute of uh saying hi so <laughs> she's oh, yeah. very you're you're you you've got a um just such a lovely character and and it, it's it's so helpful to be as open as as you are and, and honest and so yeah, it's lovely to thank to you. To you. Thank oh, you. Thank you very much, and um, take care.
We'll, we'll have you back on for a more blue episode <laughs> about all the things that you were talking to Kim about. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye, ladies. Bye.